Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based champion team. The following is a presentation of the Treasure Island Baseball Network. Going beyond the box score and the diamond, this is the show with the latest news and information on your hometown nine and the entire organization. It's Inside Twins. Inside Twins is sponsored by Killebrew Root Beer, locally owned and operated. It's how memories are created and legends are made. Well, good morning, and Sundays are made for Twins baseball, the start of a great day across our network inside Twins with Twins President Dave St. Peter here in studio at Target Field. We'll hand the baton right to our Adina Realty pregame lineup card, walk you right up to first pitch from Tropicana Field, and then wrap up your Sunday with the postgame download, hopefully celebrating a third straight series win for the Minnesota Twins. Great to have you with us. And again, Inside Twins brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer, locally owned and operated, how memories are created and legends are made. That's the segue, Dave. Speaking of legends, <laughs> Dave St. Peter, kind enough to join us in studio today. Always great to have the president of the Minnesota Twins with us. And and Dave, I kind of want to start. We're a month in, month under our belt. It was an unusual offseason. It was a truncated spring. Kind of a state of the Twins organization here as we can put one month in the rearview mirror in what we're hoping to be the closest approximation of a normal season in a couple of years. Well, Chris, good to be with you. I'm looking for those legends in this room. <laughs> I'm going to give you that uh, that uh, that title, but, but not me. Um, you know, I would say uh, it's it's exciting, it's encouraging, and it's been fun. Um, you know, none of it has come easy the last two years. It's been challenging at every front. We've all dealt with it in our personal lives. I think we feel like we're a whole heck of a lot more normal now when we come to the ballpark. There's a few less protocols we all have to follow. Um, I think we noticed that in spring training. It was refreshing. You know, the offseason's been well documented. There's a lot of new faces on this club. Um, and felt, frankly, we felt as though we needed to take a step forward. We were all disappointed, maybe even embarrassed by what happened in 2021. That was we thought was going to be a pretty good team. It turned out to not be a very good team, and our fans uh, deserve better. So, you know, I think we felt as though we put a team on the field that people could be proud of, that could that could put us in a position to be be very competitive. Hopefully, playing for postseason uh, come September of 2022, but also, frankly, we, we also went into the offseason not trying to do any harm to the prospect pool here that we think is going to be key to the next wave of twin success. Hopefully having a sustainable winning uh, environment here is very important to our ownership, very important to our organization. So, so far, so good. I think, you know, we got a long way to go, but the starting pitching has been great early. 
Um, you know, we've had, we've been opportunistic. We've taken advantage of some mistakes that other teams have made, which is we're not going to apologize for that. And our schedule's not been easy early. We've seen a lot of contenders, so including we're going to see another one today in Tampa. So, um, so far, so good. You know, the weather's been brutal. Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel for our fans, and I'm, I'm looking ahead to the forecast for when the team comes home on Friday and looks like maybe the sun's going to finally come out. So that's going to be a nice combination for the Twins as well. A, a good first month, uh, obviously, is critical when you're trying to generate interest. You're trying to fill this building. You're trying to turn downtown Minneapolis into what we all want it to be and what we've seeded in the past, a bubbling effervescent place on a summer night. Uh, as you go in now to May, and the team will have more home games in May and August than any other month, and you're trying to sell tickets and you're hearing from fans, and this is such a, a fan-forward organization, what are you hearing? Are you hearing about weather? Are you hearing about downtown? Are you hearing about the offseason, inflation? Like, what are you hearing from fans right now? Well, from a lot of fans, we're hearing about Carlos Cray and Byron Buxton. That's you know, good, that, right? And that is good. But but the realities of it is, is, yeah, weather does play a role early in the season. It always does. The maximum, you know, the prime window for the Twins is Memorial Day to Labor Day. It's always going to be here at Target Field just because we're – that's it's obviously those are the best months of, of the year to live here in Minnesota. But, you know, uh, yeah, weather's early has been a challenge. And then, you know, you deal with other factors, you know, COVID again, 2020, no fans, 2021 limited fans. Uh, fans are just now starting to come back to live events. Uh, um, and and they've gotten a little bit out of that that realm. I think the Timberwolves, what they were able to do here with the, their postseason series was helpful. Um, hopefully we're going to start to see those bigger crowds. You know, there's a there's also perceptions of downtown Minneapolis and concerns about people coming downtown. We're hearing that, um, and I will tell you that we recognize that and we respect it. However, we believe the perceptions of that are much different than the realities. You know, a year ago we had almost you know 1.3, 1.4 million fans come to games. There weren't any incidents around those things. Uh, we think it's a safe place to come to Target Field to watch Twins baseball, and we got to keep hammering that, and and ultimately need to keep continue to deliver. On, on that value proposition for fans and the whole target field experience. And over time, I expect that we'll chip away at that and, and people will return. And it, and it starts with us doing our job to put a compelling team on the field and to deliver a great experience. And by every measure, the target field experience is still amongst the best in Major League Baseball, and we're going to keep investing in it. And a team that's charismatic and that's, that, that has some, some faces to it, to that, that part of the equation that's winning some games is certainly in place. There's two edges of that, too. Fans haven't been able to come to Target Field and engage with the club the way they had typically because of the events of the last two years. But on the flip side, the team hasn't been able to go out and meet fans where they are as aggressively as the organization has historically either. Uh, do you think that's something you're looking forward to maybe being yeah. able to get back to, whether it's a Twins Fest, some version of a caravan to go out and, and meet people halfway? No doubt. Um, you know, we all are seeing that within our own lives in terms of people we haven't seen or things we haven't engaged in. Our players are a huge part of this community. They always have been. The chance to see Chris Archer at a school last week, the, the chance to see, you know, we have our, our home run luncheon here in a, in, in a week or two and have Byron Buxton and Carlos Correa. They're actually interacting with fans, signing autographs, doing all those things that have been pretty commonplace over the years that weren't quite as common during COVID. And you're right, as you think ahead to the off season, the chance to get back to Winter Caravan, to be able to bring Twins Fest back online. Those are things that are really important to our core group of fans. We try to make those things important to casual fans, and um, they're staples of the Twins organization, uh, our clinic program. Uh, there's so many different examples of ways 
we have outreach directly to fans at a grassroots level, and those things have been much more difficult due to the pandemic. So knock on wood, hopefully as we go forward, we're back uh, full full throttle on those uh, those marketing initiatives, which I know are important to the Twins, but more importantly, I think they're important to a lot of our fans. Yeah, we even heard Denard Span was on with Danny yesterday, reminiscing about some of those bus rides through the uh, oh my. the frozen winter winter days. Hey, as I was walking out of the park last night, it's a Saturday night, it's pouring rain, a prom and a wedding, both going on here at Target Field. And it's not <laughs> something we talk about as much. In the early years of this ballpark, we talked about it a lot as a as an event space. But quietly, it, it's continued to be a destination even when there's not baseball here. We had Elk River playing Andover the other day yeah. as soon as the big league game wrapped up. So on that front, how have you kept Target Field fresh continually reinventing itself and continually a destination even on non yeah. Well, from an event perspective, I, I appreciate you bringing that up because Target Field remains to be really, it remains to this day to be one of the, the better event uh, you know spaces in the Twin Cities, and it's a destination. Uh, people have, obviously, we do a lot of weddings. You mentioned proms. We're going to do some graduations this year. Uh, you mentioned the high school baseball game the other day. You know, this place is always going to be a home on some level to amateur baseball, and state high school baseball championships are coming up here in June. But that was a test the other day where we played a high school game after uh, the Twins-Tigers game. We're going to see more of that. We saw a lot of ticket sales from that. That was a good thing. Um, this always should be a building that's accessible to community. And, and, and then we're always going to need to continue to hold up our end of the bargain, which is really investing in the building, making sure the building is clean, making sure the building is modern from a technology perspective. And, you know, thankfully our ownership has, has seen fit that that's always going to be a priority. And we have a great partnership with the Minnesota Ballpark Authority. And that's why I think when you walk into this ballpark now in its 13th season, uh, it doesn't look like it's 13 years old. Um, and, you know, that's a tribute to the year-in and year-out leadership and management from our operations crew and, and really our ownership and allowing us to continue to invest and reimagine what Target Field can look like. Always something new to see, including currently a new art installation out on the plaza. So get on out to Target Field here in the coming month of May and all throughout the summer and experience it in a whole new way. We'll take a break. This is Inside Twins. President Dave St. Peter is with us. It's brought to you by Killerbury Root Beer. And we're back to talk about the state of the game, the future of the game, next on your home for Twins Baseball. Welcome back to Inside Twins. It's brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer. It's locally owned and operated. How memories are created, legends are made. Dave St. Peter in studio. And Dave, I, I made a note way back when the Dodgers were in town, the Clayton Kershaw game, on a topic I wanted to address specifically with you. You've been in the game a long time. You stand at an intersection between the baseball and the business and the league and the team. And in the wake of the Clayton Kershaw game, there were cries from around the nation about, oh, the, the game needs these moments. You have to let him pitch. There was the logic from Dave Roberts, I'm hired to win a World Series and I need to take care of my guy. You, again, are at a very unique intersection of all of those roads. How do you walk that tightrope between we hire baseball people, their job is simply to win and take care of their own versus what the, the game needs in a broader sense? Yeah, you know, look, you know, at the end of the day, you you know, we're all fans to some extent, right? So I don't think there's anybody that wouldn't have wanted to see Kershaw try to go out and finish that. You know, even those of us here in Minnesota, we appreciate the history. Um, you know, I think every circumstance is different. Um, you know, there's such a, you know, you see it every day um, and how the game has changed. There's such a premium um, and, and cautious approach relative to pitching. I think in Kershaw's case, you know, just with the truncated spring training, 
I think they felt as though he just was not ready to go beyond that from a pitch count perspective. And, you know, I uh, so I wasn't surprised by it. No. But, but, but would I like to see guys maybe have those abilities to finish those things? Yeah, we all would. I mean, I think we're – and you know, I, I think those moments are are important for our game. They're important for sports. And you know, pitching is so fragile. Though I'm, I'm not sure we're going to get it back. Uh, you know, to, to to maybe where it was because uh, the game is is different. It's changed. It's moved on. But uh, yeah, I, I appreciate the the cries from across uh, the sports world, so to speak, for hey, let, let this guy try to finish uh, and do something that a very small number of people have have, have accomplished, which is throw a perfect game. But it's a tough deal because your job's to win, and then the sports says, "Yeah, but we need you to give us this too." And it's that's right. It's going to be a tightrope yeah. that everybody has to walk. Yeah, and I don't know that we're ever going to get that back. And you know, obviously, uh, you know the, the Clayton Kershaw, you know, um, you know, there's bigger fish to fry for the Dodgers than than trying to finish a, a perfect game here in Minnesota and, and the second week in April. Let's talk about the game because uh, it's a constant topic of conversation the the commissioner's office is trying new rules we're working on some different things we talk about pace of play or we want the game to be different you hear old timers all the time say wow back in my day we want it that way (laughs) i hear it during our radio (laughs) broadcast (laughs) well we're not going back to what it was and i would argue that what it was evolved into what it is now so it's probably not a great idea to go back and retread the same soil but do we even know as a collective what we want it to be or is it something that we can't even yet put our finger on the ideal utopian version of what this game is yeah i i think that's a great question chris and i i do think there's a couple things that we can we can try to hang our hat on or at least we are hanging our hat on at the league level one is pay uh you know uh, length of game you know i think we all believe games are dragging that they last too long so the best tool uh, that that i'm aware of that that i think is going to be our reality in 2023 is going to be a pitch clock mm-hmm. i think you will see a pitch clock here it's being tested in the minor leagues uh it, it'll it appears i think the about 20 minutes uh perhaps uh, it's going to shave off the average game time i think that will be helpful uh, it's one step it's i think it's a meaningful step and i think we've been talking about it for years pitchers should throw the ball the hitters get in the box and be ready to hit right and We'll see. It's not going to be perfect, but I think that's one thing that's coming. I think the other thing that that most people that that really study uh, this current state of the game is they believe there we need to deal with um, getting more balls put in play. We figure out ways to ultimately over time cut down on strikeouts, and then also, frankly, try to create more um, create more offense, more athleticism in the game. So, and we do about, have a crop of young players right now who are as athletic as there's ever been in the yeah. game. Yeah. So we talk about even shifts and whether we regulate shifts, and you know, I think there's there's a couple of things. You know, that's going to create we think you know for a guy like Max Kepler, probably you know more punished by the shift than any other player in the game. You know, it's going to create more singles. Hopefully, more you know, hopefully more balls. Uh, that, that allow a runner maybe to go first to third. The other thing it's going to do is it's going to put defensive players maybe more so where they would historically would have played, which allows for a Carlos Correa to show off his athleticism playing defense, maybe more so than what we see today currently with the shift because there are just so many balls that are just hit right into the shift. So um, I think that's going to be important over time. The bigger bases uh, meant to, um, to to encourage stolen bases coming back. I mean, how often in our broadcast does Danny talk about the <laughs> stolen base? He's right. The stolen base from the 1980s was a big part of the game with Ricky Henderson and Tim Raines and and others. And I think it. Would be, I think fans would like to see that come back. 
Um, Theo Epstein is spending a lot of time uh, on behalf of Commissioner Manfred on all of these rule changes. I think there are some we, we are talking about. There's some we haven't even uh, brought up. I think this is going to be a, an ongoing uh, assessment, uh, now in partnership with the players, which is the best part of the new CBA. There's a mechanism to actually get these things into the game. We've been talking about shifts for years, and we still don't have it uh, implemented. So I'm encouraged, Chris, and I actually think that Theo Epstein says it best. He says, let's try to give fans – you know, more of what they want and, and less of what they don't want. And I don't think, you know, is you know starting pitchers. I think we got to get to a point where starting pitching is more relevant and hopefully they're going deeper into the game. Um, you know, I, I think there's a lot of ideas uh, being kicked around, and I think you're going to finally see some action come for the 2023 season. And, again, the tugger rope because the league is implementing these things. They're efforting in this direction, and every single team has a bunch of – Really smart people trying to figure out the most efficient way to win that night, and they often fly in contrast yeah. to some of the things the league wants. So now, again, you're going to have to find that in between. Yeah, there's no question. And, uh, you know, there's there's a lot of smart people running baseball teams, and we think we've got some of them here in Minnesota, and we're, their job is to put us in the best possible position to win. So think you know some of these things are going to take more than a season. They're probably we probably need to think about them in five or ten year stretches, and then let's kind of go back and assess it. But I do believe you will see change coming. And as always, baseball's changes, rule changes in baseball, are analyzed and critiqued at a level that go well beyond any other sport. Which may you know the NBA, the NFL, NHL make changes every year, and you don't really read much about them. Yeah, the talk shows were lighting up in 1903 when they put the pitchers on a mound. People went crazy. <laughs> People went absolutely nuts. We'll go absolutely nuts in one final segment talk about some of the highlights of the summer to come in Twins territory with Dave St. Peter next on your home for Twins baseball. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back. It's Inside Twins. It's brought to you by Killerbird Root Beer, locally owned and operated. How memories are created and legends are made. Chris Atterbury joined by Dave St. Peter. We now have something in common. We've both been put on notice by Dan Gladden. So uh, it's welcome to the club. Everybody else in the studio has been there, and we're proud to have you uh, join our, our group. Hey, this summer, uh, I always like at the beginning of the year to highlight a couple of things that should be destinations for Twins fans. Obviously, Cooperstown with Kitty and with Tony O uh, heading to the Hall of Fame. That's going to be a big one. What are some of the other high points that you're looking forward to through this summer? Well, you know, I, I think the uh, you mentioned Mr. Gladden. I think the Twins Hall of Fame uh, class this year is, is really uh, great when you think about, you know, again, uh, with COVID, we lost a year of our Hall of Fame, and, la- and then last year we had Justin Morneau, which we were delayed a year. He's still talking this year, though. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this year to have Danny Gladden get his uh, his day, um, to have Ron Gardenhire uh, be inducted into the Twins Hall of Fame, and then the great Cesar Tovar. Um, all of that happening. I think August twenty first, twenty second. I think we're playing uh, uh, the uh, the White Sox, uh, the Rangers, I believe. 
uh, really special. Uh, you mentioned Jim Cott. You know, we're going to retire Jim Cott's number, you know, number 36. Uh, Joe Nathan's going to come in for that event, uh, another number 36. Um, we're excited about Jim Cott getting his day. I, I don't think it's been announced. Bob Costas is going to come in and, and, and present Jim that day. That's going to be a lot of fun. Now. Breaking news. Um, we're excited about that. Um, you know, I'm always excited about just different promotions and giveaways and special events. We've got some great theme nights. You know, we do the Prince Night here bigger and better than nobody else has a Prince Night in Major League Baseball, and that's a destination. I think we're doing that in early June when we host the Yankees. All of these events are at twinsbaseball.com, and people should go there and take a look at it. And whether it's a cap night or whether it's, uh, you know, we don't do a Stanford night, but we do do, a, uni- we do, do a University of North Dakota night. Oh, so I'm sure, yes. We do do a UND night here, so that's obviously a big Huge ticket night. seller. But we're excited about those things. It's fun. I mean, to me, it's part of the tradition of coming to the ballpark. Um, you know, it's, a, it's, it's, it's part of kind of what you look at in terms of, uh, you know, can I get a bat? Can I get a, you know, a set of playing cards? Can I get, you know, one of those things? I think those are, those are uh, kind of part of the target field experience uh, per se. We've only got about a minute and a half left, but quickly, part of coming out of the CBA, schedules are going to change where instead of just picking a division from the National League to see every year, you're going to see every team, not necessarily in your park, but every other year you should see every team around baseball. Are you excited about um, that? Yeah, I am excited about it. Uh, you know, you know. look, uh, I love playing in the American League Central, but I, you know, when, when you pull our fans, they would love to see less of the Royals, less of the Guardians, less of the Tigers, you know, and, and less of the White Sox. Um, the chance for our fans uh, to see uh, than more of the National League, and every other year we're going to see every National League team. We're going because we're going to play every National mm-hmm. League team every season. So, I know next year's schedule pre- preliminarily for 2023. I think we're going to see the Cubs um, coming back here, uh, which we're excited about. I think the Mets, uh, the Padres. Um, you know, so you know it's going to be great. I think for for our fans to have more variety uh, within the schedule, and that's a great way for us again as an industry to showcase stars. So, you know, you think about Tatis uh, coming in here to play at Target Field against uh, Byron Buxton. That's pretty cool. Um, we know how the Cubs travel. We and also for our fans like to go on the road. You know, yep. you have a chance to pick. You know, half of the National League. Uh, you know, uh, every year because uh, we're going to be there every year. I think that's going to be a lot of fun, Dave. It's always great to have you in studio. Let's do our sun dance. Hope for some great weather up on this upcoming homestand, and we'll see you around the ballpark. All right, folks. We'll see you Friday. All right. That's Twins President Dave St. Peter. We are just getting started here on a big day of Minnesota Twins baseball. The pregame lineup card coming up next, including our road to Cooperstown, and we'll hear from Kevin Kiermeyer of the Tampa Bay Rays. All of that leading up to Josh Winder's first big league start, and it's all right here on your home for Twins baseball. You've been listening to Inside Twins, brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer, locally owned and operated. It's how memories are created and legends are made. This has been a presentation of the Treasure Island Baseball Network. It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro.